good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean. I am your co-host, Austin. And I am your other co-host, Adrian. There are people outside my apartment, and I often worry how much people can hear me outside, because I can hear them. <laughs> That's fair. And I so think about... I'm constantly paranoid that people can hear me. Yeah, I think about that all the time when... Uh, I can hear the people on that live in the apartment that is the shared wall that's right behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can hear them all the time, and I wonder, hmm, I wonder how much of my conversations they can hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that it really matters, I suppose, but they get free uh, early access to the podcast, I suppose. Just half of it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would be helpful at all. For them? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think that would be helpful for anyone. So, but speaking of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, feel free to email us, even, even about whatever. I just, I, I just had a conversation about completely unrelated things. Um. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, based, it was an email actually about the podcast. Uh, but then we were just talking about bread, so if you ever want to, if you want to just send me emails about my interests, I will likely respond to them. I'm bad at responding to emails, but mm-hmm. I can get better. Yeah, but anyway, I feel like I say that a lot. Our email address is something. And when I say I mean at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. But did you do anything fun this week? Yeah, so this week slash last week, it's confusing because everything is weird with recording. But anyways, Labor Day happened, Labor Day weekend. No, which is is Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Sorry, Labor Day is in September. I was gonna say yes, Labor Day did happen, but then you're right, it was Memorial Day. Anyways, had a really good weekend. It was a ton of fun. We had beautiful weather on. Saturday. Um, what did I do in the morning? Went to Dover and got coffee. Um, Nate and I and Becca got together and just kind of hung out. Was and Andrew then, Yang there? Uh, he was. That he's been there in the past. Not when you were there that time. Why did wait? He's like a politician. Um. No. Okay. Well, he's been there before. Have you? Have I told you about this, or yeah. do you just know? Okay. No, he wasn't there. Um, it was nice. And then Nate and I just kind of walked around Dover for a while, enjoying the beautiful weather. Um, and then after that, um, kind of hung out the rest of the day. And we had youth group in the evening, um, which is a smaller crowd because a lot of people were at prom slash musicals. Mm. Um, we played. Sorry, um, were they at? It wasn't a prom slash musical, but it was. They were either at no. prom or a yeah, musical. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's not like a High School Musical type deal. That would I actually assume. be a fun prom. I don't. I know, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't I've never seen High School proms, Musical. But I feel like it would be fun if it was also a musical. Yeah, I'm guessing at some point during the High School Musical movies, they went to prom. That's that's probably likely. I feel like that's a probably pretty safe bet. Yeah. Um, 
But no, these were two separate events. There was a musical that was going on. <coughs> Excuse me. And there was also prom. So we played... Um, what's that game with uh, words? Code names, but with mm-hmm. pictures. Mm-hmm. It was picture code name, which I had never played before. I think I prefer the word-based version. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still good. And we had ice cream, so nice. can't go wrong. Then Sunday, went to church in the morning. After that, um, we were supposed to do some yard work, but that didn't happen. And then, so we went to the store, did some meal prep, made some chicken and some quinoa. And then that evening, went over to my friend Evan's house for like a fire. Just kind of hanging out, eating food. Just like a controlled burn? Um, it was relatively controlled. Um, people were throwing uh, pallets on the fire. Um, which seems, that, seems, that seems dangerous. I mean, there was a lot of fire. We also did, speaking of dangerous things with the fire, we just did some jumping over the fire. Oh. Um, ah, no, you're, 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 you're like two months late. Well... Regardless, we jumped over the fire. Uh, first, we started just doing like a running jump, and then we were like, maybe we can do a standing jump. Mm-hmm. And so then we just did a standing long jump, um, which some of us were better at it than others. Uh, That's how the standing long jump typically goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We tried that thing. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, do you know that thing where like two people like grab each other by the waist and then they jump back and forth? No. Are you familiar with this? No, not at all. That sounds awful. Um, yeah, it's kind of amusing. I don't know really what you should Google to be able to find that. I am but... not about to Google any of the words that you just said. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but I tried to do it with Evan, and we failed uh, miserably. What? Um, let's see. Then Monday got together again with Nate and Becca because nobody else from our community group was available and we went to the woods and did some hiking slash walking. It's not really hiking um, because hiking is only when you go up mountains apparently. Um, so we just That did some is walking. not true. Well, some would argue with you. Well, so I'm about to we walked through the woods. And then after that, we went to Aggie's Ice Cream, which is a great ice cream place if you're ever in the area. Um, what kind of ice cream did I get that day? Um, the, what was it? Um, brown butter bourbon truffle. The activity That's of right. going for long walks, especially in the country or woods. Okay, well, regardless, we were still walking in the woods, whether it was hiking or not. Um, and then after that, went over to our friend and my co-worker's house for a grill and played some yard games. We played Koob, which I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're familiar with. No, I am. Um, it, it's not my favorite yard game. Um, yeah. I'd rather play Cornhole or Can Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's because I'm, like, significantly better at both Cornhole and Can Jam than I am at Koob. It typically goes that way. Also, I think my other complaint with Koob is that the games last, like, forever. With Can Jam and Cornhole, the games can usually progress fairly quickly. Um, That's true. Koob goes on for, like, three hours. And you're just like, like when the, will this it's ever It's like end? the risk of, 
of yard games. Of yard games. That's a pretty good. It's a pretty good uh, analogy. Um, but yeah, we had beautiful weather the whole weekend, and uh, it was outside a lot. It was it was gorgeous. So nice. It was great. Did How you, about you? Did you, you do anything Memorial Day centric? No. Okay. I mean, grilling. I think grilling is kind of Memorial Day, but nothing that like honored the yeah. troops. No. Um. Well, not that I don't honor our troops. I just. So, I didn't partake in any events. Yeah. Um. I forget what I did over the weekend. You've been traveling a lot. Yes. Uh. So. Monday, I drove down to Syracuse. I did. I was at a, a cookout Monday. Okay, nice. Um, drove down to Syracuse. It it ended up just being me and this other guy, Kevin. Uh, yeah. But it it turns out that we have like identical interests, so that worked out well. Solid. Have you ever met this guy before? Yeah, I had, but I just hadn't really talked to him before. Nice. You know how you just work with people and you don't know them. Yep. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do know that, actually, because most of the people I know or I work with, I just kind of know. Yeah. For instance, today at lunch, I was talking to a guy and found out that he went hunting with his dad in Alaska, and they caught a black bear and killed it and skinned it and ate the meat, and he has a black bear rug now. Like, caught how? They set up like bear traps. Oh. I don't really know. They didn't really say how they killed it. To be I'm, honest, I'm, I, I'm just gonna weigh in that a bear trap is the lamest way to kill a bear. Yeah, no, I thought that when he said that as well. But then he also talked about hunting caribou with crossbows or not crossbows, longbows. So mm-hmm. it was kind of redeemed. Well, yeah, but that do that with a with a black bear then. Right, right. You would die, but anyway. Um, yeah. But you do learn more things about a person when you travel for a week with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we were in Syracuse and then woke up at 3 a.m. to get to the airport. Um, so the airport's in Syracuse, but our right. flight was leaving at 6. Uh, so and I, I had to shower. Naturally. Um, That's the worst. Like, I never really think about that when I sign up for flights. I really need to start thinking about it. It's like, oh, 6 a.m. flight. That sounds great. You don't realize that that means you have to get up at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so then we flew to Atlanta. I was, I will, I will say I was disappointed that Earn, the character from Atlanta, was not Mm -hmm. there. um, Because he, he does, he does work there part time in the show. It was a good thing that you showered. That way you could be fresh and clean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ain't nobody dope as me. I'm just mm-hmm. so fresh and clean. Right, right. Um, but anyway, then, then we flew to San Jose. Oh, fun fact. When we landed, one of the tires uh, failed. Um, oh, my. On the landing gear, so... We, we landed, and then, like, fire trucks just came rushing over to us. Um, that seems that, rather terrifying. They had to tow us in. Um, and so we had, like, a 15-minute a layover, so we were very worried about being late. But then the yeah. next flight was delayed, so it all worked out. Um, but actually, our, our, our landing then in San Jose was actually worse than the one in Atlanta where we lost a wheel. But it did. It did feel like we were like skidding more than you typically do um, on a plane. That seems kind of scary. 
Um, I didn't realize it at the time. It just was like this landing's bad. Hmm. Um, but uh, landed in San Jose, and then had to immediately go to a conference. So it is. Wow. It's it's two p.m. Pacific time, feels like AKA five. that's five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. I have been up since three a.m. and so now I have to be at this conference for the next five hours. Wow, that sounds terrible. It was, um, and then I went back to the apartment, and when I say that, I mean the hotel, and fell asleep without turning the lights off or plugging my phone, and I just laid down and was immediately <laughs> asleep. <laughs> and so I wake up and I'm like. Why is this lamp on? And, and so I, I was at like 30% on my phone the uh-huh. entire day. I had also forgotten my charger. Mm-hmm. So I only had a USB charger, which mm-hmm. fortunately, the it's like not a, an old hotel, so it had mm-hmm. a USB thing. Right, right. But And so I had to, be, I, I was Ubering for the first time in my life on this trip. And so I'm like, I cannot afford to not have battery because I got to get Ubers. Fun fact, Kevin got food poison sickness from a quesadilla he ate at some Baja taco restaurant. Baja, California? No. It was just, Baja Fresh. Yes. I got a burrito and he got a quesadilla and he was sick the whole next day. Wow. Um and so now I'm the only person who can call these Ubers, so I'm like I'm in airplane mode the entire day. Mm-hmm. Um I also didn't so we were at Stanford learning about how to be more agile. Right. I I thought the conference was eh. lots of other people thought it was great. Um that seems right. But uh I I will I will say I was disappointed by how little restaurants that I could go to in California. Uh because I wanted to go to like In-N-Out Burger and mm-hmm. what's that other place? Jack in the Box. I hear so yep. many things about these places and I've never been to them. I just had to drive past them. And uh, just abandon them, like never see them. Uh, so I was at you that. You didn't take an Uber to In and Out Burger. No, because they they had dinner and they had meals at the uh, at the conference. Okay. Which I had already paid for. I had Clarkson hat. Um, right. And so uh, Ubering I, I is weird to me because I I feel like vaguely nineteenth century aristocratic. Where I'm okay. just like hailing less fortunate Palin people Quins. to yeah to come ferry me about. Um, Stanford's kind of like the like Silicon Valley is kind of like the you know the the St. Petersburg of its day. Okay, it's more Washington D.C., but anyway. Um, and then the final day of the conference, we went to the conference all day, and then we tried to take a train into San Francisco. We were going to meet Kevin's one friend, uh, but we didn't realize the Kevin train. Kevin only has one friend? No, it just a It was one of Kevin's his. friends. Yeah. Um, so we didn't realize this train was an express chain when we got on it. It was not clear. And so we kept mm-hmm. just blowing past this stop, and we're like, why? Oh, the first time we were like, oh, we were talking too much about German philosophers. I guess we missed it. So we tried going back the other direction, and uh, 
were like, how did we miss this again? And we go, we went back and forth like three times. Did uh, you have to pay each time? No, no, no. We got a day with like a day pass for this. Okay. Um, but no, I was really excited. So I was talking about Jonathan Haight and he knew who Jonathan Haight was. And I'm like, oh, wow. this is great. He has read lots of Russian books. Um, and he said that he thinks um, Brave New World is a better dystopian for the now 1984. than 1984. And I'm like, wow, why did I not know this until right now? But anyway, uh, we went to San Francisco. It was cold and foggy. I had brought a jacket, um, which was a good call. We went mm-hmm. and to a seafood restaurant. I got fancy sushi because I've never had sushi before other than in Ottawa. That. And was it good? Um, some of it was good. I got like a sampler platter and um, some of it tasted like it was in peanut butter. And um, that wasn't that wasn't good. Okay. I wanted it to be much more wasabi forward. I mean, you can put wasabi on it. No, I couldn't. There was no wasabi there. Hmm. Um, like some of it had was wasabi on it. Right. Right. Um, and Kevin and his friend both got whole lobsters. Solid. Uh, so I also ate lobster for the first time in my life. What do you think? Um, I thought it was, it, it's weird for seafood. It's like, it's like denser than most mm-hmm. seafood is. Okay, most shellfish is. Right. Um, like compared to crab. Or like shrimp. I will is say. Is shrimp considered shellfish? I feel like we've had this discussion before um, some time ago. I mean, it's, they're, they're both, um, like in this, they're both crustaceans. Yeah. Anyways, um, and so if if you're gonna if you're like, hmm, should I get crab or lobster? If price is not an issue, absolutely go lobster because oh yeah, you get way more meat for your effort, um, and it tastes better. Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing like king crab, maybe. Or have you seen like those giant spider crabs? Uh, Guys, there are crabs in the world that are like 10 feet tall. Okay, no, I haven't seen 10 feet tall crabs. I don't know if we eat them or not, but I feel like you would eat like a king if you had one of these. That that would would make a stunning centerpiece to, I think, any any gathering. Like, step aside, giant oxen roast. We're going to have big, big old crab. Yeah. Crab pots. Yeah, giant crab spider. Okay. Oh no, this is a spider. I want a, I want a giant spider crab. Uh, but we, yeah, giant spider crab. We uh, Japanese spider crab. We ended up driving across the uh, Golden Gate Bridge because mm-hmm. we were tourists, and uh, that's what you do. Um, and then we drove down some famous street that's all wiggly wobbly. Yep. You know the one from San about. Francisco Rush? Yeah, 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 yeah. Solid. Um, we I did, always wanted we to did go. not float down that hill as <laughs> you do in San Fran Rush. Um, we, we drove <laughs> so down weird. it, like, precariously. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like not not just like changing gravity's pool. Yeah, yeah. And, and so mm-hmm. we got out of San Francisco at like twelve. We got back to the hotel. I fell asleep right. again with the lights off. I mean, that's what happens when you travel. All right. And then I came back close today. to the end I'm of the going, story. Okay. Yeah, I came back today, and then I'm going to Seattle on Monday. So I, I, I'm i not thrilled about it. Yeah. But Pivot, there was lots of things that I could have, take, could have taken pictures of and that other people did. And I, I, I thought, I don't want to take pictures here. And so... I have conflicting desires to, I want to have old pictures, but I also Mm. don't want to actually take pictures. Okay. And so I was thinking about this. We have kind of talked about the effect of having pictures or like, like social media is kind of the, the, the activity of posting pictures. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't really mean that. I just mean the act of taking pictures. Okay. Okay. So what do you, what is your question? Um, should we take pictures of things? Like, is it, is it good to take pictures of things? I feel like that's just a very broad question, but maybe that's your point. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to take pictures of things. Um, I think within reason. I think if you're taking pictures of things to the extent that you no longer are engaging with the thing that you are currently um, observing and taking pictures of, then you are taking too many pictures and it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. So I uh, so I discovered that at, at Stanford, there's like an old main, as you do at, at many campuses. Every university. Mm-hmm. But this one looks like a fancy Italian city for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a beautiful old ch- uh, Catholic church that's no longer a Catholic church, um, which is too bad. Uh, but I was taking, I took some pictures of the outside. You saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, when I got inside the next day, I was like, I'm not going to take any pictures. Um, even though that's like what everyone did immediately as they walked into the building. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I didn't want to take pictures because I think taking pictures regardless of what you're doing changes, changes your interaction with any building. It, like it changes how you look at something. It changes how you interact with whatever you're doing, thinking mm-hmm. about taking pictures. Okay, that's fair. And I mean, I think... Yeah, I th- I think so, but is that I guess is that a bad thing? Um yeah, I I think so because well, okay, I think it wanting to take pictures of something limits how you can interact with something. Because you're looking at it just as something to take a picture of? Yeah. I, okay. So, did do you watch the art assignment at all? No, I did once, I think, when they were talking about like those German farmers pictures or Oh, whatever. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the only one I watched. Well, there was an art assignment video recently called Art Plus Life Rules from a Nun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the one immediately after the Farmer's one. 
Okay. So anyway, this nun would apparently encourage her students to walk around with frames because this is like the 60s and everyone didn't already walk around with cameras. Right. Um, and just hold up those frames to your face and like things around just as you're walking along to try to change how you're, how you're viewing the world to see it through a, a more artistic lens or, for, or, or through like a, a photographer's eye. Mm-hmm. And so I think because we basically are those non-students and the way that we walk around with boxes to frame everything all the time, mm-hmm. it does change. It changes how we, we interact with things in a way that I think limits a lot of things. Okay, so what, what – get more specific. What are we losing? What makes it bad? Mm-hmm. Um so elaborate more. So, for example, I'm in this church, and what? So, what I want to look at is not just the scope, but let's look at the specifics of of what I see and try to understand what they mean. So, um, I I think like the way people take pictures of this church abstracts them from the all the detail that is actually in the the art that's inside this church and and the meaning and the significance like um so i'm i'm looking at the it's like a traditional altarpiece basically but it's all stained glass so you have the uh, nativity crucifixion and ascension um and so i'm like I wonder if I can identify everyone who's in these pictures because, you know, everyone does their typical roles in, in iconography. Um, and I, I could for the most part because I know who does what in, in Christian iconography. But that, that takes, I think that takes more time than what what typically a picture does mm-hmm. and or so above that there's the it's not the major profits but it's like the top tier profits because it's more than the major profits right so it's john and ezekiel jeremiah samuel david isaiah and Who am I missing? Daniel? No, Daniel wasn't there. Mm, Micah? No. Hosea? He's too obscure. Hezekiah? No, still too obscure. I forget Ezekiel. somebody else. Hmm? Did you say Ezekiel? Yeah. Um, I forget who this person was. But next to them was Elias. And I'm like... Who in the world is Elias? E-L-A-I-A-S. And I'm like, I know this has to be Elijah. But why are they calling him Elias? Um, and so that was something that I you know, looked into later. It's just the Latinized version of Elijah. And so I, I think there's, there's so much more. And then there's just like quotes around this church. And I'm like, 
I like some of these, and I think a lot of these are bad. But the the way of viewing something is just through the lens of the camera. I feel like you're missing a lot of those really great, important details. You're missing all these words that are around it that are are trying to convey different uh, or like complementary meanings. Um, and I think you're really failing to capture the scope of being in the building. <clears throat> so to me, putting ourselves in a world where we're, we're just holding up this frame everywhere and saying, okay, what can I fit in this frame? You lose, you lose a lot by looking at the world that way. Okay. Okay. I, I, I think I agree with that point, but I also, or so I agree with that statement that we may lose some things, but I think we can also gain some things by putting things in frames. So for instance, this weekend I did take a lot of pictures. Um, so I took my film camera with me, um, just kind of out and about. And when we were walk, we like did our walk in the woods mm -hmm. and part of our walk in the woods brought us to this old house that was built in the 1700s or whatever. And so I was able to take some pictures and <coughs> excuse me. One thing that I noticed in taking pictures this weekend is your hand raised or no, just okay. One thing that I noticed that I really love about taking pictures is symmetry in taking photos. And so like I was able to, take some really awesome symmetrical pictures of this house and then there's another house down the road and then another house over on the other side of town. And I found myself taking like more symmetrical pictures than I normally do. And then, so also while I'm taking, while talking about taking pictures, I also think about the pictures I take, took in Iceland and yes, like I agree. Like there was a lot of times where I just said, okay, I'm going to, not take any pictures and just sit and enjoy this because by taking pictures I do miss things I do miss the in that case like the vastness of things because you only have your your lens makes everything smaller or in even the intricacies like okay like the dirt here is weird and different or the grass is non-existent so there's like this weird moss stuff like those stuff, that kind of stuff isn't captured in pictures and you need to go out and explore and just sit in it to experience it. But I think, I don't know, I guess like part of me thinks that like by taking pictures, you can enhance that. So you can like get this like perfect Wes Anderson symmetrical shot that like emphasizes something about nature and beauty that, Yes, you can experience it by just looking at it, but it it frames it in a way that is even more pleasing to the eye, I guess. Or even like one of my favorite pictures that I took in Iceland is just like so I when I was before I went Becca taught me all these different things about taking pictures and one of them is like the rule of thirds where you like split the the picture into like a tic-tac-toe board kind of and so like Maybe that's not right. Maybe there's anyways, but then like, that is right. 
where you place things to make like and so one of my favorite pictures is like there's a building that's placed like on one of those points and then like there's these like really nice lines that like draw your eyes kind of like around the picture and so like yes in that moment like those things were beautiful and amazing but like this picture is able to capture something that continues to like just make me be in awe of that like time right or that location so so yes i agree like when we look through the lens our view our our view is smaller we miss things we're we're always going to miss things if we do that but i also think that by taking pictures we can also enhance things and bring things out um and capture those things that are like captivating so that we can experience them again later mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i think it is it's it's useful to bring more intentionality to certain things, um, but I, yeah, I, I think you, you lose, you lose a lot of intentionality too. Like if you're, if you're trying to bring, like if you're trying to simplify something complex, I think photography is bad, but if, if you're trying to use the intentionality of photography to appreciate the complexity, mm-hmm. I, I think that, that is valuable. That's a good way of putting it, I think. Yeah, because sometimes there are thi- there are things that are too complex or too big or too intricate to capture in a photo. And even some things that you can capture in a photo, you really don't capture them, right? Yeah. Like even yeah. again like thinking about like in my Iceland pictures in Iceland, it's like I can take pictures of the most powerful waterfall in all of Europe but that doesn't even come close to capturing what it's like sitting that close to that waterfall and just like staring at like mm-hmm. gallons upon gallons of water rushing over right so like yeah i think by yeah we can if you're using photos to enhance what was it enhance the complexity of something rather than losing the complexity of something. right right I, yeah i think it, it's good if you're using it to engage more um mm-hmm. but yeah i was trying to take pictures of the golden gate bridge yesterday mm-hmm. and uh it, it did not it, it didn't go well um because cameras are really bad at um, low light pictures but it was cool mm-hmm. for some reason they don't light up the golden gate bridge um mm-hmm. it's just lit up by like the, I really love that like pale orange of sodium lights. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like street lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so because there's just like low hanging fog, that light is just like suffusing up through the the upper layers of the bridge. And so it looked really cool, but you can't take a picture of that to save your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. I think those moments are like some of the best moments i don't know maybe that's weird to say like because pictures are so prevalent and like happen all the time and like everybody has pictures it's cool to find those moments where you're like okay a picture isn't going to do this justice and so i'm not even going to try 
And so I'm just going to sit here and enjoy and like enjoy what I'm seeing and use, use my eyes, which are better than a camera will ever be probably. Well, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, maybe your eyes are pretty great, but, uh, and so like, thanks for, you're welcome. Um, for like non things. I'm also very conflicted about taking pictures because I'm, I'm there like, okay, this moment or something is, it's like the Golden Gate Bridge at night in fog. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's greater than what a picture can capture. But there's also lots of times where I like, I love pulling up a picture of like, just something random, like that, uh, that picture of like really young me, Zach and Timmy all looking really terrible sitting on those lawn chairs. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think so. And then the, the next one where dad is just photobombing us. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, those are great pictures. And, like, the picture makes the moment because it, like, it wouldn't, <laughs> we're just talking. But yeah. we all look just, like, ridiculous because of how the moment is captured. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I'm, I'm conflicted about that because I'm like, I, f- I feel like pictures are are putting me at this critical distance from something that I want to be really engaged with and close with. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, in the future, am I going to wish that I had more pictures? And I feel like the answer is probably yes to both. Yeah. Like you want to be engaging, but you also want to have pictures to look back on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And I, uh, yeah, I'm tempted to wonder, like, do we spend, or not even tempted to wonder, but like just also kind of challenged, like, do we spend too much time looking at old pictures and just, uh, or like taking pictures for the future and not experiencing the foggy golden gate bridge and the lights while it's happening. Right. And, but, and so I, I like, I, I'm, I'm worried that I've like swung too far in being like, no pictures are just lies that yeah, I, I'm like preserving something false for the expense of, the real present. But I don't think that's always true, but, but I think it's it's largely true. That we shouldn't spend so much time taking pictures and we should just enjoy the present? Um, I'm just trying to understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I, I'm just like so caught up in like what is real i guess like pictures are supposed to be real mm-hmm. um but like they they require like a critical eye like a picture requires you to look at some situation different than you naturally would Right. So, so how does that how does that change 
the current moment and does that does that enhance it or make it more um fake because i like i'm worried it makes things more fake because it's non it, it's it's more of a like a curated process you know <laughs> yeah um i don't know I think, like, the thing about pictures is a lot of times we are very – we pick and choose which pictures we take, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to – I mean, yes, we choose what happens in our lives, but we don't really pick and choose the moments, right, to experience. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, like, taking those pictures is always going to be more fake because – you're choosing which pictures to take, I guess. I but, don't know. But can we, like, can we do it in a way that emphasizes the most? Because, because to me, I'm, I'm here in that cathedral, mm-hmm. trying to take pictures, and through these pictures, I'm missing things, and I'm not really capturing what I really mean. Right. But is that is that really how things are, or is it like using pictures we can um, kind of crystallize a a better way of looking at something. I think that we need, like, if you want to... Mm, what am I trying to say? I think pictures can... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I am going to say that pictures of moments will enhance them. I don't know. I I don't think that they enhance them in the moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. P- pictures in those moments can enhance that moment again in the future, I guess. Like, I think and I think maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I think and, and I think that's, it needs to be So, like, how do you do that without taking pictures, though? I think you you still do take pictures. You just don't take – that's not the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think – I don't know. Maybe this doesn't work at all. But, like, my thought on picture-taking has changed since I was younger. And our mom – I don't know if she was the first to say this, but I always attribute it to her by saying, like – take pictures make sure you're in the pictures because i can find pictures of you know these places on the internet and for some reason that's always just kind of sticks with me uh, whenever i'm like in a place or in somewhere and i'm just like okay like yeah i can take these pictures but i can also take like these goofy stupid selfies and like in some way those have more meaning right like yeah, I can I can go online and find all these pictures of Iceland of all these places I went, but I'm not going to be able to go online unless you go to my Facebook page and find all these stupid selfies that me and my roommates took. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's and so what I think I don't know. I could be wrong about this, but I think like we should take pictures in order to say, "Hey, like here is us in Iceland." let's think about that or like let's remember that time not necessarily like so how can that enhance that time 
but like I don't think I I I don't want to do something or be in a moment and take pictures and miss being present in the present. I I I think that in some ways like pictures have kept us from the moment and living in the moment. Like I think it it has given it's it's built up this expectation that we just take pictures instead of just experiencing it fully. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that I don't I'm not sure if that's a good thing to be honest. Right. And and so now I'm I'm like it's like the backlash of the backlash where I'm like am I now too privileging the moment at the expense of the future? Mhm. Um so maybe maybe like I should just accept selfies as the the form through which we pictorialize memory. I mean I don't know. I I don't think that you need. I don't think you have to do that, right? Like, if that's not what you want to do, don't do that. But I think that we, I think that we do, like, romanticize memory. I don't know. Like, like why do we even take pictures so we can go back and look at it again? I think we should take pictures. Like, like if we're, not, I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is wrong, but like, I think we should take pictures to enhance like beauty right so like mm-hmm. if i'm taking pictures that are just beautiful like that yeah. that should be done because i think that enhances it but i i don't know if and even maybe to enhance memory i don't know but, but i don't i don't like it it's a way to convey memories like right I, I do a lot of showing pictures to other people right now right but i don't i don't want to like <clears throat> try to convey memories and like i don't know that's like some weird like where i'm spending all of my present for the future so i can remember the past like well, that just seems well no I, like i don't i don't want to i don't want to spend i don't I, yeah i definitely don't want to spend all of the present for the future but i don't want to i don't want to be in the future and wish I had it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I don't know if we necessarily answer the question, but, like, what's the impact of this? What does this... What does this mean for our lives? Like, wh- why is it important to talk about? Well, I, I, I just think we should be critical about how and why we we interact with spaces and play, like things everything i guess mm-hmm. um and not just kind of fall into normal modes of interacting with things or just like default modes of interacting mm-hmm. with things because the the way in which we interact with something changes how we interact with something and so ideally we want to best interact with something or best experience something so how do we do that what does that look like um and maybe that is through a photo but i think for a lot of things it's not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but so i i am worried that just like my my current bias against biographies is 
is just bleeding over into how I think about everything, including pictures. Right, that everything is biased and so everything is garbage? Well, no, not everything is biased, but everything is... Like, anything that is is selective mm-hmm. is in some way false. And so that's like, it. Like, is that true for photos? Is that even true for biographies? Right. I think you may be a little extreme on that. I definitely am, and so I'm. I'm worried that I'm. I'm being extreme at the expense of the future. Right. And I. I again. I. I don't think like. I mean, if you're being extreme, that's one thing. But I don't. So like, I think taking pictures is okay. Is okay. And, and like potentially even good, right? Like I think that we should go out and take pictures and, and, mm-hmm. and enhance and capture the beauty of the world that we live in. Um, and the, and the times that we're spent with people. That's another thing that I am not necessarily good at, like taking yeah. pictures of people. Um, because those things are important. Like we, we are shaped so much by the people that we interact with. Um, and, and the things that, happen in our lives and so in some ways those are important to capture and to remember right because it it, it i think we kind of maybe talked about it a little bit the other week when we we're talking about stories but i and we may disagree on this but i do think like looking back on times in our life can be beneficial beneficial to our future and present um and how we look at them you may say that is fake because we're interpreting it and putting it through a lens and bias. But anyways, so I think that's good, but I do think that in the same way that, I mean, in some ways it just comes down to phones, right? Like in the same way our phones like get in the way of us interacting with other people and humans I think our phones and our cameras can get in the way of how we interact with people and moments mm-hmm. and and the world around us. But they can't so, improve that. Right. In the so same way that yeah. phones can improve mm-hmm. my relationship with right. other people, right? Right, right. That's and what so, I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yes, like, like. It's about being wise with how we use right. what we have. Right. And I think in some ways it is good to just say, no, I'm not going to take any pictures. Like, I think that's okay to say, like, I'm going to take, I'm not going to take any pictures. I'm just going to experience this. Oh, it was but Moses, if, by the way. What? Moses? Yeah, that was a gimme. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, how are we using it? Are we using it in a way that's distracting from what we're interacting with or we're using it as a way that's enhancing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like most technology yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think taking pictures is a bad thing. I just think if that becomes the focus mm-hmm. or that becomes the thing, like, or why am I taking pictures? Am I taking pictures so I can show other people so that I can say that I've been there, that I can do these, you know, I don't know. I think it should be to enhance the beauty of our of creation and the beauty of our lives. I don't know. Maybe that's kind of cheesy, but I mean, showing other people isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, right, right. I, like I meant like as a way of like, pictures. look what I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I have lots no, I of like recommendations. Showing people's, so. showing okay, should we jump into that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do we feel like we we answered that? I think we addressed it. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go sure. first? You. Okay. Um. So on the topic of taking pictures, mm-hmm. I was taking film photos, which I picked up when I went to Iceland. And I will say there is something that is nice about taking film photos because like you have to be more selective because yeah. I only have a set number of film and we've, I probably have recommended this already. So it probably yeah. is just mm-hmm. a repeat, but, but I think, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a good way of, of being intentional about what photos you're taking. Um, so yeah, I think that's good. That's one recommendation recommendation. Um, Andy Minio has a new song out there called Anything But Country. Um, Interesting. Is it like a which, response to Old Town I think Road? It, honestly, I think it might be. By the way, um, I was like, I wasn't really like fresh on Old Town Road, but I also don't know if that's a phrase that people use. No, it's but not. I was before. Cred. I was. I was before lots of people, so... No, it is true. You were on the front end of of that uh, that craze, which, by the way, my my thoughts on Old Town Road have like I now, complete one eighty. Yeah, I now may regret that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, so his song "Anything But Country," I I only listened to it once, but I enjoyed it, and I kind of like enjoy the idea. So basically, he's talking. The song is about like things that we're told and don't really think about, but we just believe them to be true. So it kind of is like what I, one of the big things I liked about Captain Marvel about like, this is what I've been told my entire life, but this doesn't actually end up being true. And so the thing, and the main thing in his song is like, nobody, like I never actually listened to country listening growing up, but I was always told like, I like, I like all music except for country. Right. And so he's, he's, he's basically saying like, no, go out and listen to country, like listen to all kinds of music, actually listen to music because you don't know, like, don't just like do something because you do it this way. And he talks about other things too. He talks about how his dad was like, yeah, you can get a girlfriend as long as she's not black. And like, like what are the things? So it's like, here's something really like, kind of like jovial and country music, but then also something really serious. And like, what are the things in our lives that like, we just kind of subliminally, I don't know if I pronounced that no, right, but it's close. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like take in and say, yeah, I don't like this or I do like this without really experiencing it or realizing mm-hmm. it or interacting with it in a way that actually allows us to formulate our own opinions. So I thought it was really good. Um, I don't really know if it's a call to old old town road or response to that, but I don't think it's not. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so, it's hard to say anything that's rap country right now isn't. Um, it's not really rap country. It's just kind of. But it's rap talking, talking about, about country. country. Right, right, right. But uh, anyway, uh, my, go for it. My first recommendation is Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. This is the first book by Neil Gaiman that I've read. It's been interesting uh, because 
Brandon Sanderson now, like Neil Gaiman reminded me of Brandon Sanderson, but it's, it, you know, it's really the other way around um, where you just start with like a hook that kind of is a primer for what's, what's really going on in this world. And then you jump to your, your audience, like your surrogate character, um, and then just kind of dive into the world more slowly from there. Um, and there's a lot of like cutting between um, between characters and storylines with increasing speed as you get to the end to like build tension for the climax. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than structurally, I, I I thought the ending was interesting because it's 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 kind of a very typical end of a hero's journey, but also if if it feels weirdly unsatisfying um, because if you remember your hero's journey, uh, your hero is supposed to return to their original, their original state with a boon or yeah, I think that's how you pronounce B O O N for the people of that place. Um, And so Mm -hmm. this is the, the gift that through great trial and tribulation, they are able to bring back and help the people, um, of their home and, and so the the main character goes through this journey and then comes back with this this knowledge and like no one believes them and so he just goes back to the other world so it it's like it's a it's a nice story for him but it feels unsatisfying in some ways because he's he doesn't change the world in the way i want to happen um so that's kind of spoilers just heads up but I like I like that because it's you know yeah I, th- I think that's a really honest take in some ways where you, you feel like you've gone through something that's really life-changing and you should be able to be like hey everyone listen to what I'm saying like to hear me and then everyone's like oh, okay and nothing really changes so I, I like I feel that's a that's a pretty honest look at um, how does the the results of a of a like a personal hero's journey play out um, in the way you interact with people? Um, second is because I was on a long plane. This was the first time I was able to watch a, an in-flight movie, and it was um, I watched The Isle of Dogs uh, by Wes Anderson, and it was interesting. Uh, because I, I come to Wes Anderson to see a meticulous weirdo craft these worlds. Um, and in these meticulous worlds are just completely dysfunctional families that kind of love each other. Mm-hmm. And so Isle of Dogs is all stop motion. So mm-hmm. it's it's really meticulous weirdo creating worlds to the max. Um, and that's so that's really great. But it's it's not a story of like a dysfunctional family that sort of loves each other. It, right. it seems much more like a political allegory than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, so that was kind of jarring because I'm like, wait, Wes Anderson can't tell stories that aren't about like Fam- families. Family. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he can. And the movie was very charming and very Wes Anderson. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it felt, it was, like, more political than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. 
um, in a way that I was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I was kind of, I was looking for like normal Wes Anderson and it wasn't quite that, um, which is probably good. Um, yeah. So I might need to see it again when I'm not on a plane. Fair. And um, third thing is a Pale View of the Hills by Kazuo Ishiguro, who I, again, am just like on an Ishiguro kick. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his first book. It is, he, he is known um, amongst me for his just like absolute restraint in telling you like what's really going on. And I feel like that's absolutely cranked up to 11 in this book, um, which is interesting because it's his first book. And so I like, I have never felt like more at arm's length from a book uh, than for this book. Interesting. And so I finished it and I'm like, I was on a plane a lot. So I had lots of time to do things. Anyway, I finished it and I'm like, I don't really know what happened or what I'm supposed to feel. But I like, think I know what happened and I think I know what I'm supposed to feel. Which is, that's like absolutely his vibe. Um, Mm -hmm. So I assume the things that I think, that I, what I think happened, I assume is what really happened because he's, he's so understated. That's how he likes to convey things. Interesting. But I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, That seems confusing. It it is very, I, I finished the book and I'm like, how is he supposed to tell me everything that's going on in these last like 10 pages? And then just like nothing more was said in the last 10 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, what? I think I know what's happening, but I am absolutely not confident because what I think is happening is just like crazy extreme. Right. And this book is so muted and hmm. low key that it like, absolutely doesn't fit with like the emotions of the characters but they're all muted and low-key too so maybe it does weird um and the final thing i'm just i'm going to recommend a different podcast um that i listened to this morning it is show me the meaning a wisecrack podcast they they had one on eighth grade today that was really great and they talked a lot about pictures and how we interact with them and social media and selfies and like pictures of sharing pictures of yourself because there's a lot of that in eighth grade um in a really great way there's a different guy named austin on that podcast um he's great i i think he's he's worth listening to so other guys named austin except for those who email me the uh, the Clarkson <laughs> Austin chat. I don't recommend that. So good. That's what I got. Awesome. Neverwhere, Isle of Dogs, A Pale View of the Hills. Show me the meaning. Lots of all the recommendations this week. Alrighty, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Have a nice week. 